You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com, Soonerscoop.com podcast, and we welcome in the entire gang as we think we are going to have our second football game of the season as we broadcast here on this Thursday morning, uh, anxiously awaiting. It's like the, uh, is it the F5 button that you just keep pushing and refreshing uh, to see if uh, that's what people do when the scoop comes out on Fridays. Uh, we're kind of doing that with Twitter and everything else today, seeing if anything pops today at Kansas State with COVID numbers spiking there and uh, uh, Mr. Coach Kleiman, uh talking about how they're basically down to uh, almost no one at one of their positions, and, and if they lose that positions, then we're all screwed. But I'm going to tell you guys right now, welcome in uh, Josh McQuistion, Eddie Radosevich, and Bob Persbillo. Uh I felt pretty confident this morning. Not, not that anything, but he had told me anything, but just kind of getting around early this morning, I was like, I think we're going to have football this weekend. This is the most excited I've ever been for a 28-point spread game in the history of college (laughs) athletics. But, yes, I mean, to go from Tuesday when, I'll be honest, like I was saying, I think I told my dad, like, there's a less than a 10% chance they play this weekend. To fast forward to, you know, 48 hours to Thursday now, it's like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit more about this. I'm feeling a little bit more alive thinking that, uh, there will be a football game played on Saturday. I think we have Dean Blevins on our side. He's already said it would be a miracle if the two teams played. So It was at that point in the week <laughs> when I thought to myself, Monday night? <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's go back to Monday night. That was the point that I thought, okay, maybe the good Lord is shining upon us and we will play s- Saturday. <laughs> when he said that it would be a miracle yeah. if they played? I mean, I but think I think everybody thing. kind of heard that, right? Like, well, I mean, that was you, Rich Kleiman. Was, was not Kleiman Rich Kleiman. Uh, was it Rich Kleiman? Is it Rich Kleiman? That Rich Kleiman is that is son of a bitch, Kevin, Kevin Durant's, Durant's agent. Yeah, um, <laughs> Tim Kleiman, who Chris Kleiman, Chris Kleiman. God damn it! God, they beat OU's ass. No respect. Carrie has no respect for Chris Kansas State. Kleiman, sorry, I, I keep thinking of Mr. Coach Klein from uh, Waterboy every time. You're just this podcast is going to play in the pregame. Like they're going to, oh this is going to be their amp up now. Yeah, we we listened to the U40. It, it wasn't enough when Eddie was saying that their program was being held hostage by a geriatric for the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've gotten past that point. They've actually. I mean, good for Kansas State. They're yeah, improving. Yeah, they they actually have they beat OU. They actually have uh, athletes that some people in the tri-state area have heard of <laughs> yeah yeah they they, they want to be good at football uh so, so yeah i mean i think we're going to have football this weekend i hope anything can change is, is i mean hell it could be oh you comes out and said yeah we had a spike and everybody's in contact tracing and this shit's over 
But I, you know, it's it's really bad across the country. Notre Dame is canceled. Uh, South Florida has canceled for no reason at all. North by the Texas way. has canceled on Houston again. Poor Houston, man. I mean, my God, Dana Holgerson. Like, is that is Houston just? Are they cursed? I don't know. I think there's when you're Houston, you just get COVID now because screw it. You've been on your best behavior for five five weeks, and it hasn't mattered. I think that's why Holgerson's so pissed. He had his team. Everybody got it in June. They would have been ready to go four weeks ago. But then Baylor wouldn't unsuspend their offensive linemen or whatever. They I mean, that's just unsuspend. code for Baylor saying, yeah, we think we might get our ass beat on Saturday. We can't play. I think it's more like Baylor was just like, you think we're going to – we're going to suspend our guy for a conference game? Like, because if we unsuspend him for this one, then we have to suspend him for the next one. They're like, you're Houston. We're not losing a Big 12 game because so we can Kansas, play you. Though. Baylor started with Kansas. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I already yeah. took Baylor minus 17 and a half. Not good news for the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> I ran off a uh, very competitive 0-5 last week. Really? Yeah, it was bad. Oh, so you're saying Sooner Scoop uh, sports book is on hold? Uh, no, that you jump right back in. Get right back up on the uh, the horse or whatever. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's COVID season once again. Here we are, same old shit, different week. It does sound like overall, though, that the reason that this game was in question going into the weekend was everything to do on the Kansas State side as opposed to what well, is happening in Norman. Let's, our, let's This all goes back to Memphis and the party bus. They gave it to Arkansas State. I don't... Arkansas State. Is that State, how it really is going now, down? Spread it to Kansas State. I mean... They went and took $600,000 from uh, Kansas State, beat them, and then gave them COVID? <laughs> well, I mean, they were the ones that had nine people out before that game, and then yeah. who knows who else still had it. No, I, it's, it's How true. good is the... How good's the contact tracing in Jonesboro, really? You wonder, like, when you lose a game like that, where Kansas State's at home, if some of those players said, ah, screw it, I, I don't care what happens the rest of the season any uh, anyway. Like, maybe not this point in the season, but two, three weeks from now, if we start getting a team that wasn't as good as they wanted to be, if they just stopped caring. BFC, banging for COVID. That'd be new hashtag. Be interesting. BF BFC uh, or BFJ has been retired. Yeah, he's a married man now. Well, he married a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, so he did very well. I ten out of ten. She's very hot. Congratulations. We love UTK nine. Uh, but no, I yeah, I mean, I think that's very valid. That you you lose a game like that, you just don't give a shit, and you go to some house parties, uh, and everybody gets hammered, and they catch it. Although it does seem like Tom Herman admitted this week that they went for herd immunity early. Smart. Right? Did anybody else kind of feel that way? Yeah, Texas admitted to herd immunity. Yeah. You look like a douche, yep. by the way, standing next to Vince Young. Do you see that picture of him? Sam Ellinger, you mean? No, Tom Herman. Oh, I didn't see it. I yeah, saw he and Sam like they Ellinger They both took pictures, together. and there was one picture with Herman and Vince Young. It. I don't know. Ellinger just looked like me. a shrimp next to Vince Young. Vince Young's just massive. Yeah. I mean, even more so now. I mean, like, he's he's heavy now, but he's sure. still, like, 6'5". He's a big guy. Yeah. Sam Ellinger looked like he was six foot one, at best. It's just crazy that we 
are sitting here on September 24th entering conference play and it kind of feels like Oklahoma hasn't played a football game. It kind of feels like we don't know no, anything about anything. I mean, the only thing that you could say is like OSU was just god-awful embarrassing a week ago. You know, we, we did get to talk to uh, Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch this week. So I talked to Spencer Rattler, uh, Pat Fields, a lot of different guys on the defense, Jaden Davis. Um, I can't even remember who all we talked to on offense besides Rattler. There's only one other person. Theo Howard. Was Theo, Theo Howard. Howard. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and it was really the first time that anybody publicly in Theo Howard commented on his torn Achilles. Which is a minor medical miracle, it seems like, that he's that he even... had surgery that very next like, day. Like, how is he five playing? Five six months later, and he's I would playing. love to know if it was a, like a, I don't know the uh, levels of a tear, but Can like... Can you partially tear well, Yeah, like, was it not as bad as... I don't know. It's like, I don't want to give him full credit for an Achilles <laughs> rehab, because I, I don't know how far he went. I, is that not crazy, though, Bob? Yes, for sure. Uh, I mean, he thought... Maybe middle of the season. I'm just, we've seen what's happened with Basquin and Chance Sylvie and how long it took for those guys to get back. And so when you hear, oh, he'll be ready for the summer, you're like, oh, then there's no way he actually tore it. He must have, it must have been some sort of partial because if he really tore it, he'd miss the entire year. But I mean, when that thing goes, it's, it's, I've always heard it's really bad. I've never done it, but. I've heard it like rolls all the way back up into your leg and shit. Oh, your boy Richie Incognito just went on the uh, IR for an Achilles. Yeah, I saw that. Not my boy. That has to be. No, I think he's your guy. That has to be. You're the only one that's hung out with him outside of our. Okay, that's Gabe's guy. Yeah. I I mean, he can be my guy if I ever need him on my side for anything. Even on my side, he'd be like a. He always uh, flips. Oh, no. Yeah. Shit. All right. Well, uh, maybe not our guy, but. He's the Raiders. He'll never one hundred percent be your guy. I don't know if I want that kind of crazy. It's it's a lot. To, I'm not sure he's his guy. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Takes a lot of medication, so he remains his guy, no doubt. And your guy, I guess. The, kind of buried in all of uh, the craziness that was this week was Lincoln Riley actually saying that Jaden Hazelwood could play this year. Yeah, but we knew that. I mean, I would say this week, if anything. Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, Riley was like honest this coming week. out and talking about the suspensions and a and I'll give it up to Bill Haston. Yep. He got him to kind of he uh, Dr. filled him or whoever you want to call. Uh, he got him down on his couch and got him to at least open up a little bit. That was the first time that I've seen Lincoln. I mean, there was a 15, 25 second like, how am I going to answer this type? pause uh-huh. like oh shit i've i, I what have i, I, I said what have i said going I through the rolodex say something you know it was like he was deciding like has it been long enough it's been nine months i've been f-ing with these people long enough do i do i finally need to just actually be honest with them for a change and he kind of was it was refreshing i gave him a 9.3 out of 10 for his performance on uh tuesday well and let's talk about kind of what he went through uh in talking about it Basically admitting, um, you know, that he is hoping for NCAA reform. This isn't about getting an appeal. This isn't about, you know, getting a magical pardon. I mean, he's hoping that they will get some kind of a pardon, but he wants reform that people 
who get a first-time positive test during an NCAA championship event, a mandatory drug test that has to be taken before you compete in either NCAA championships. And even though the NCAA, NCAA doesn't control the college football playoff, they still require that you take the mandatory NCAA drug test. Uh, and remember, OU played Clemson one year. Clemson had a couple players pop for it, got sent home. Uh, OU, they had it this year, whereas I know everybody gets upset, like, well, I didn't LSU or any other teams have it. I don't know that any uh, that Alabama or who was the other, who was the fourth team last year? Um, Ohio State. Was it Ohio State? Out in Phoenix? Oh, Ohio State versus Clemson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't OU. remember them, but, I mean, I do know there have been years when OU's been in the college football playoffs where their opponent has lost players because they failed the drug test. Clemson had, like, a receiver. It was pretty good. And I think a defensive line. And remember, uh, the wasn't the Lawson kid? Didn't he test positive for, like, some kind of really weird uh, steroid or something? Yes. The Clemson yeah, kid? Yeah. Yeah, it was... It had some... I, I forget what the uh, the name of it was. It was, like... Some shit that McGuire took, like not Andro, but it was something along those lines. It was something lines. that you only find like in really weird shit, like for people that are really cheating. It was almost like the clean and the clear, yeah, kind of deal. It was weird. I like, mean, the the weird thing though Balco, is like like had to invent that in a bottle somewhere. I just feel like those guys knew when. I don't know. I mean, I'm with Kersey. He's written about it. I think everybody is kind of like, who cares? Situation with weed, but. I think they knew when the drug test was coming, don't they? Well, like, that's the thing. Like, clean your shit out. And and Alex Grinch was not at all. Uh, sure, he didn't sugarcoat it at all. He was pretty harsh, I thought, when he was talking about uh, how much Ronnie Perkins screwed up by failing a drug test. Uh, I mean, they they bash it into those kids' heads. Like, you're going to have a drug test. You're going to be tested. Stop smoking weed for this period of time. Stop doing anything that's going to get you a positive because if you do and it's and it's performance enhancing, you're out a year. Even if it's weed, you're out a whole a half a year. So do not get caught failing a drug test. So they all know. They bash it into their heads. So for them to fail the drug test, it's you pretty much have to be a dumbass. Yeah, just do cocaine. It gets out of your system in two days. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> stop it. Uh, hang on, hang on, Eddie. I gotta get the kids so they can learn these lessons. Hang yeah, on, right get them around here. Eddie's campfire. I'm looking for the two guys that got suspended for the uh, steroids at Clemson were the tight end Brandon Galloway and the offensive lineman Zach Gila. Okay, got Gila, Gila, G I E L L A. Giela, Galea, something like that. Yeah, yeah I think, Kara, you think of Deion Kane, and I think he Deion Kane, just yes. Did, That's they right. Just got kicked off the team or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he just got shipped straight home. That was the year uh, they played in, in Miami. Miami. Yeah, yeah. They, they sent him on a bus yeah. back to uh, Clemson, didn't they? <laughs> can't imagine, oh, like, a right. more they depressing. About it. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, and of all people, I mean, Dabo, I'm sure. The media would want you to believe that Dabo drove him home and read him scripture the entire way. <laughs> well, but that, I mean, that's so that's Lincoln's deal. Like, he doesn't think that the punishment fits the crime, and it does. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it does. It absolutely doesn't. To lose half a year for a guy like Ronnie Perkins, uh, and I understand it's frustrating for fans because they're like, look, the NCAA is making all these other concessions. 
during this this time during the the pandemic, like why can't they? The thing is, I don't think the the NCAA they have a lot of things going on. The last thing they're worried about is the procedures around their NCAA championships, which they've all canceled at this point. So like that is just not something that they're looking to you know revisit. Right, and and they don't care that OU is facing, you know, that the, their best defensive player can't play right now. I mean, they probably they probably spend their Saturdays. Everybody in Indianapolis probably at the NCAA offices spends their Saturdays with Christine Brennan. Probably doesn't even watch football. <laughs> How's is she? Uh, is she still on the warpath? Yeah, she's is she ghosted by now. Or? I don't know. Who cares? She lost me last week. Or two weeks ago. That was, that you know, was. It, it's something I saw that I thought, I saw Dan Wolken, he's, he's, you know, he goes on his contract tracing warpath, uh, and he's like, well, everybody knew that contact tracing was going to be a problem. And I just want to say, like, Dan... He has all the fucking answers, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, And I just want to say, Dan, you can keep saying that everybody knew this, but no one was listening to you because... Everyone shut you off. Everyone unfollowed you or muted you because they were sick of reading your shit day after day after day that just seemed like you were rooting against college football. So, like, don't sit here and say, oh, we all knew this. No. If you were preaching something, no one was listening because you've been an ass this entire time. He's just such a piece of work. Like, I saw something that he tweeted. Oh, it was... Like went Tuesday or Wednesday, and it was a quote from um, SEC commissioner. Why am I forgetting his name? Greg Sankey. Thank you. Yeah, and he it was basically like, "What's your you know what's your goal for the SEC season or something?" He said, uh, "You know, crowning a champion." And Dan Wilkin went on this warpath about how it like player safety wasn't his top priority. And it's like you little dweeb. Like if he would have said the other way around. And said that you know getting the players through the season health in a healthy you know, manner. Oh, the SEC doesn't it, care about football. No, anymore. it would have been. It would have been. Well, why are they even playing? Why are they even playing if they're worried about? Like he's such a little fucking wordsmith, bitch. Yeah, I mean it's it's he's the worst. He's the worst. But I don't get worked up about him anymore. I've moved on. Everybody's just trying to be contrary. I yeah, mean, he, like Whitlock is now locked into his new thing. Strange, just a strange thing to be upset about, or to try and get clicks Which, about. Which to me, like that is that's. I mean, we all know someone that worked for us that's doing the same thing that figured that out. Yeah, you do whatever mm-hmm. you say, whatever gets the most. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's everything that's wrong with like. If you really want to like just throw it out there, it's everything that's wrong with society. I mean, the fact that. And a guy like Skip Bayless, yeah, and that. journalism. The a guy like Skip Bayless, who makes six million dollars a year, is now in contract talks with Fox to get more money. I mean, who the, there's like a, he gets one hundred and eleven thousand people to watch his show every morning. That's awful f- for a national syndication. Well, it's a social dilemma, Eddie. I, I want to talk to you about that. I watched the social dilemma. You did too. We can do that at the, the end. I watched the first oh, hour. I have I need the last thirty There's only minutes. Like thirty minutes left. Yeah, I think the last thirty minutes I still have to watch. Uh, but no, I mean it is the the was it the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I mean that's the whole thing. It's like it's just nasty. It's dirty. People figure that out and they take advantage and they manipulate people and they don't even believe half the shit they say. They just know that what they're doing is going to get a lot of attention. Sure. 
Like, do I really believe that Jason Whitlock believes half the shit he says? Probably not. Or does Jason Whitlock say half the shit he says because it's shocking that a black man would say some of the things that white people would like to hear said? Yeah. I think that's fair. I don't think that you've pissed off anybody that's listening right now. And it, it's the same way with, yeah, Woken or... I mean, hell, I think Dennis Dodd does it to some extent, except just not as well. Uh, but he does it in a manner that you could put it together or contribute to an olds. He's just the olds of uh, of he's clickbait. The, he's the olds Jason clickbait. Whitlock the olds. olds clickbait. He is the olds of clickbait. Dennis Dodd is. Double D. D squared. Woldskin. I can say some people can't <laughs> go all Damn in on it. Woldskin. It's just not in their character. It's it's I to me it's just being dishonest. No, it is. Right. So I I you know we got off on a tangent there, uh, but <laughs> I think you know back to Lincoln Riley. He kind of set it all out there. He thinks the rule is archaic. He wants there to be some reform, so we can kind of stop. That's what I wrote about. We kind of stop doing this whole, you know, song and dance about well the appeal. There's there's not an appeal. And I know what's happened on the board since then. It's like, well, they should appeal, Kerry. It's like, they're not appealing. So let's just put an end to it. And, and, and the other thing is, Lincoln Riley said, I think what needed to be said, which is everyone has come to terms with the fact that these guys are suspended. So we're going to move on like they're suspended and we're not going to have them. And even Alex Grinch was that way, which is, it's unfortunate you feel bad for these guys, but I they, felt they bad got, for Ronnie Bledsoe the entire they got time, screwed. too. They got screwed. Yeah, There's no other way to say it. And for a guy like a Ronnie Perkins that, you know, if he would have been able to play the entire season, it's probably his last year in Norman. It may still be. I mean. Sure. But right. it sounds like he's doing everything right. I mean, you, Kerry, you wrote about it uh, on Wednesday just as far as kind of the role that Ronnie Perkins has played inside this defense, which – you know, and we can get into on the bat on the other side of this as far as I think there's a lot of reasons that like it feels like Alex Grinch thinks that they could be good. He just wants to see it all right, come together right. on a Saturday. He knows they're better. Let me say this. I mean, Eddie, you were there. Josh, you were there. We met Ronnie Perkins for the first time after his junior year in mm-hmm. Rivals Camp in St. Louis. I mean, I think we were all blown away by just how good a head he had on his shoulders. Sure. Like how mature he seemed for his age. Like. He is the furthest thing from a knucklehead that that you could come across on the recruiting trail. Oh, completely agree. Ronnie was a, I mean, and and a, more than just that interaction, I, dealing with him, he was a guy that if he told me we were going to do an interview, we would do it at the time we talked about. Like, I mean, he's just a very, he didn't come off that way at all. And I think that is, that's kind of what Lincoln is talking about here. There's this stigma that, you know, you smoke pot, you're a troubled guy, you know, whatever. And that's just not, that's not really how that is. Like, and I think it, you know, that that's what they're talking about. And you guys, you know, mentioned this could be his last year. I think it's pretty clear the NFL does not look at marijuana the same way it used to. Like, that sure. that's not something that really is a knock anymore. Um, you know, they may look at it as, hey, that was a poor decision. You needed to be more responsible and do what was going to help your team. But the fact that, you know, he got hit for it i don't think they're going to really mark him on that well it's just i mean in today's world it's just crazy to think that 
you know, 10 years ago, they were handing out opioids like they were candy, even in places as close to home as here. And we have a problem with somebody smoking some pot if they get banged up during a game. That, I mean, it's, it, well, when, it's ridiculous. When Lincoln says it's archaic, I mean, is there any example that you need to go any further than Damian Williams? I mean, a guy sure. that got hit by well, the three strikes and you're yeah. out. Yeah. And it certainly didn't affect his ability to play football no. or his ability to, to be, you know, what probably should have been in a, a, a Super Bowl MVP last year. I mean, same thing has basically happened to Ramondre Stevenson, hasn't it? And he's yeah. kind of almost a, a yeah. comparable player, right? I would say so. Yeah, it's like a, they're it's like they're the parallel. they're brothers almost, brothers from another mother almost. Ramondre definitely bigger. I sure. mean, just overall. Sure. But I, I to me, Ram- uh, Damian Williams is the closest comparison I could make to who Ramondre Stevenson is as a running back. Just a guy that is, he's surprisingly quick. Uh, he's very strong, runs through tackles. Uh, he's just not, he's just a little bit bigger, a little bit thicker yeah. from the waist down mainly. Not to, be, not to mention that being absolutely robbed from seeing Trajan Bridges play. I mean, it sounds like he had a pretty good camp going in. By the way, um, speaking of big dudes, did you see that Smoke Harris receiver for Louisiana Tech? I don't think so. I didn't. I didn't watch uh, Louisiana Tech play. Louis, I was watching them play. They have a receiver named Smoke Harris. It's a badass name. It's a great name. Uh, he's five six. He's five six, but he's also fat. Yeah, five six one eighty four. <laughs> he has a belly. Does and he? he? And he caught like a fifty yard touchdown pass against Hawaii last week, or was it last week? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking. I don't even know if you can see this, Eddie. And he's going to the end zone. Watch him get up. Look, he's fat. I like that guy. That is the most awesome thing that I've Smoke ever Harris seen. Smoke Harris is an awesome name, and his body style it makes it even better. <laughs> Do you know this guy, John? Uh, he's he, he's a lot like the uh, the kid that OU <laughs> prob- may possibly see this weekend. The uh, Vaughn. Uh, uh, the, Vaughn's the right- his last name. Oh, uh, what's his first name? Deuce. Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn, yeah. That kid's going to be a tear in the Big 12. But he's just tiny. He's not fat. No, he's not fat. And he's fast. No. Kansas State has a few skill guys. I, I watched some of that Arkansas State game live, and then I saw. Yeah, I did too. I watched a little bit of it for, um, you know, was going to put up some notes for everybody to read. Um, but he's a, uh, they've got a few skill guys that I like. But the the little back that, that uh, Eddie just mentioned, that guy's going to, you're dead on. He's going to be a pain in the ass for a while. Yeah, he's really, I mean... I think I'm contractually obligated to say, he reminds me a little bit of Roy Finch. Like, every small guy that ever plays football, I think you have to say that. Or, the even the yeah, even better one is, uh, he could be he could be the next Quentin Griffin. I, I thought you were going to say, I, I'm with Bob, I thought you were going to say Darren Sproles, and then oh, everybody d- listening sure. on the phone was going to chuck on. it. I'm sure that's what Kansas State fans say. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. I think I think when when the I mean I can't jump there because when the um I'm trying to think of the right way to put it the lateral comparison has become Clyde's Edward Hilaire mm-hmm. like uh that's that's a special special talent like that's 
you got to be pretty damn good to be a Darren Sproles. Like, we never yeah. – maybe it's because he was in the Big 12 <laughs> and playing for Kansas State. We never really gave him his due. But Darren Sproles literally, more so than all the running backs in Oklahoma besides Adrian Peterson, he was better than. He was better than Quentin Griffin, even though we think Quentin Griffin, one of the all, almost one of the top rushers in OU football history, and everyone that watched him play will go to bat for him as one of the best running backs that's ever played at Oklahoma. But Darren Sproles was even better. That's how good he was. And, I mean, what, he retired just last year or just before this year, right? Is that right? I think he's still I, playing. I figured he was going to work as a return man for, like, the next 15 years. He was I don't think – I think he know, retired. I think he? he? I think he retired before this year. Somebody just did a one-hitter. Uh, <laughs> or Bob. <laughs> He's a – oh, he's in the front office with the Eagles now. Ah. Okay. Personnel executive for the Philadelphia Eagles. Needs to do a better job. They're 0-2. Maybe get Jalen Hurts in the game. Said no one. Uh, 24-7 wow. probably said it. Yeah, they, they wrote about it and then clickbaited it to death. <laughs> uh, okay, so outside – Bob, let's ask you, outside of kind of what we talked about so far, what kind of stood out to you talking uh, just during media availability this week? No, I ain't going to toot my own horn, but I liked his honesty about the recruiting debt period. I was kind of expecting him to just kind of hem and haw and edge, but him saying flat out it didn't make any sense. Kind of enjoyed that, especially when all, oh, you have a lot of commits right now that have not seen campus, and they're just going to have to sign during that early period and have to accept the fact that they just never saw Norman until they get there for good. It's, It's just a strange feeling. I just keep wondering, can the NCAA get away with having an early signing period without... My thing is, if nothing changes there, it's not like they're going to open it in January. and It's going to have to run through the cycle, or else it makes no sense whatsoever. But then it's going to be this thing where, what happens if these kids sign, and are they just going to give waivers to everyone that wants out of their letter? Well, everybody that doesn't go to yep. OU because they'll 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 get back on Chris Murray in about 2022 probably is what it sounds like. <sighs> yeah, I don't such bullshit. That doesn't make a lot of sense. I still don't understand how they are approving waivers for basketball players, but football players whose seasons have already started are waiting. That just doesn't even compute to me. Neither here nor there. Back to the recruiting cycle. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like if they have that early signing period, they're going to put all kinds of, you know, um, not restrictions, but uh, I mean, they're just going to let guys do whatever they want because it was deemed a odd situation. Yep. One time free transfer waiver thing is going to be like crazy for 2021, 2022. You screwed me during my senior year of high school for official visits. You're not screwing me. I didn't here. know I'm what I was getting into. Here. I want to get out of here yep. kind of thing. So, so yep. it won't just be something that lingers until they get on campus. It'll be lingering that entire first year that they're on campus. Yep. If something doesn't but go I their way. I to make it work. I just can't. I'm out. Exactly. And it's just going to create, it's going to create free agency again. I just think, I, I think they have to, I mean, I don't want to, I know everybody, OU's doing well in this thing. Everybody wants OU to sign and have the signing day and just get them in. 
but I just think that you're you're going to head down a road that's going to be a headache for everybody. And maybe maybe you just have one signing period this year. I will say I don't. We all expected that decommitment season and as soon as things open back up. I don't know if we're going to have that. I mean, our kids really going to flip from schools from one school they haven't seen to go to another school that they also haven't seen. I I I don't have a clue what these next two three months are going to bring us. I will say this: I think you know with Oklahoma and with what Caleb Williams has done that there's kind of a nucleus that those guys will keep each other together at yeah. least until they get on campus. Yeah. Whether- I, oh, I agree. I mean, you look at it. I mean, there is, it's pretty hard to create camaraderie and they found a way to do it to some degree. I mean, you know, even with all the limitations that are upon this class, but yeah, I, I think everyone should expect there are, whether it's Oklahoma or anywhere else, there are going to be more transfers than we're used to out of the freshman class. You're going to see a lot of guys that are just not happy with what you may see guys transfer out during two a days. Like, I mean, it may happen that fast. Like, it's just going to, there's going to be some oddities that are going to come out of this and probably a few things that we don't even foresee. And it just seems like it, it you know, I know it, it's the way it's all happened. No one could foresee any of this, but it's like the NCAA seems to be so wrapped up in NIL stuff. Like, it just doesn't really matter right now. Like, it's there's other things that I think are more important for them to be concerned about than name, image, likeness. Because they keep having all these things with Congress and, you know, senators getting involved and everybody weighing in with their two cents. Like, who gives a shit right now? It's because the captain of the ship is a moron. Well, they're just he's trying to—they're just trying to protect their stuff, which he's been doing the entire time. Which is, we know they're fighting a losing battle. Yeah, they need to get somebody, or they need to reform the NCAA to actually represent the schools that are in it. I mean, Look, the it, Power Fives just need to get together and install their own commissioner. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. The, it they're. They're, it, it's clinging on to the Titanic. Like, there's no way it stays the way it is 10 years from now. There's no way it looks the same. And this unwilling, like, the NCAA fighting against that, I feel like they're just digging themselves a deeper hole. Like, if you'd embrace what it can be and move forward, then you can be okay. But if you're going to try to cling on to this ideal can last, I, it's just not. I mean, the haves and have-nots grow bigger every year. I mean, the gap is just exceedingly large so yeah i mean that just kind of gives an example of what the ncaa is going through in terms of trying to get every little thing for everyone and i don't think you know chris murray's not a little thing it just seems like it should be in their normal course of business but it's not the normal course of business right now i just don't see like it, it and it's kind of to an extent of what bill haston asked lincoln riley about uh the suspension stuff is like how do they not have like a committee that just that's what they do? They go over every single football appeal. Like I I don't think that yeah, there needs to be like a pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, there doesn't need to be like a uh, investigation, in, and some will probably call for. But I would think that most appeals are pretty straight up. Like, hey, this is the reason I'm transferring. Let me know if I can play this year. 
And then especially when you're only playing 10 games, I when, mean... When most transfers are pretty much the same. Yeah, I mean, they didn't like where they were. They want to play somewhere else. Has there ever been anyone really, I mean, outside of jealous fans on message boards that really have proof that there was any kind of nefarious business going on when a kid transferred from one school to another? Oh, I, I mean... I mean, in, in today's time, I'm sure that there is a bunch of shit that goes on. But, but kids don't transfer from like Alabama to like Auburn. Like, like they they weren't. You don't see it a lot. Yeah, they usually transfer from schools that weren't that good, and they were a big fish in a small pond, and they want to try and go to something bigger. Who is it? The kid that's transferring from, I believe, Auburn to Old Miss, and I think his, uh, I think it's Auburn maybe that has blocked his transfer. A little Baker Mayfield situation. Okay. But I, I can't remember the kid's name. It was They were talking about this week. He's at Old Miss Yeah, now. I mean, Baker's probably the best example of just a really, uh, you know, a but again, dr- I mean, he walked on at transfer. OU. Yeah. Technically. If you want to call it that. I mean, <laughs> neither here nor there. Bob did not know. Yeah, he introduced him to himself, right? Came up and introduced him yep. at a team uh, dinner. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> are you are you saying that you don't believe that story? Are you finally Uh-oh. coming out against it? No, I'm not. I just didn't I didn't ever care. I mean, it's not like he he transferred in to a school that had the hottest quarterback in the country coming off that Alabama win. Football player or off the field looks. Yeah, I was wondering where you're going with that, Kerry. I mean, he's football he player. Regarded. He, could, he, I mean, he was, he was literally one of the top three Heisman candidates going into that next season. That was just a different. That was a different world, wasn't it? 2014, yeah. 2015, especially coming off of like well, the 2012, 2013, 2014. Yeah, the Bob Stoops dark ages. I think that everybody calls him that. 2013 was a really good season. We've established that. 2013 was. 2014 yeah, 2014. Was. We could all kind of see that coming, though, when Bob uh, broke every rule and let them celebrate the Sugar Bowl trophy at the spring game, though. I think that's where it started. That's, oh, that's definitely that's where, where the it heck started. started. When they brought that trophy onto the field and were celebrating, I was like, Bob, you're breaking all your rules here. You've Done. always told us one season has nothing to do with the next season, and here you are. And guess what happened in 2014? Every wow. season has a season, though. Guys... I was somebody in board chat asked me to rank the debuts of all OU's quarterbacks since Bob got to Norman. Mm-hmm. Trevor Knight's opening debut game, 2013, UL Monroe. The line, eleven for twenty-eight for eighty-six yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> Can you fathom that now? Like no, is Spencer Rattler thrown out a dog like that? Oof. Rhett Bomar, 5 for 13 for 42 and 0 touchdowns, 2005 Tulsa. That is unbelievable. Didn't throw a pass in the second half. Yeah, oh. Adrian Peterson saved their ass that game. Yep. That just well, I don't know what was Paul Thompson's made. against TCU in 05. Uh, Paul Thompson, 11 for 26 for 109 and 0 touchdowns. Almost identical to Trevor's, except the he had a couple touchdowns. Uh, Knight did. Um, yeah, Sam Bradford, fantastic against Tennessee Chattanooga, I think. North Texas. North Texas. North Texas. 21, 23, North Texas. 70 points that day. Jason White, yep. was he against North Texas too? Was that his first start? Jason White was Kansas that week after that Texas game where he kind of oh, came out. Oh, yeah, yeah mid-season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technically, uh, what, what did you rank number one, uh, Josh? 
I put Rattler. I okay. just because I thought it was now the guy who came in second was yeah. Jalen Hurts last yeah. year against that's Houston. I, he was phenomenal. That's what I was going to say. I I mean, if yep. you you could argue that that would be the best one because Baker yep. competition wise, was, Baker against Akron was just okay. I mean, nothing. Yeah, it wasn't anything crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I mean that that tells you how we've changed our view. He he was twenty three of thirty three for three eighty eight and three touchdowns. Like that that's where our expectation levels have gone. Like, well, he was all right. He's pretty good. That was you Baker know, against guys Akron. Throwing these howlers, yeah. He yeah. threw for three eighty-eight against Akron. Yeah, I know. It surprised me too, Kerry. Like I was Child's like, that doesn't play these days. feel right. But that's that's what it. Sh- that's what uh, I believe it was. CFB reference had for me. So it was better than Ethan Bullock's debut in Stillwater. Oh my god! <laughs> oh boy. I, um, I I guess I do give you know if all that stuff's true about the COVID. I do give Mike Gundy a pass, but he has been terrible picking quarterbacks. Just absolutely awful. I, I'm going to own that Oklahoma State's a little more than a couple offensive linemen away from being a legit national title contender. Uh, I said that a couple podcasts ago, took some heat on the board. I stood up for it, but watching that performance, they're woof. I think you, you didn't problems. take heat, though, because you said that. I think you took heat because we were giving them too much credit. Yeah, yep. People probably gave their defense way too much credit. I think their defense is I okay. Yeah, I think well. their defense is pretty good. Yeah, for um, Big Twelve. Now, yeah, I yeah, kind of agree that I like. I don't know if that defensive line is ready to make that next step. And Trace Ford is. Trace Ford maybe. He only had two tackles though against oh. Tulsa. It, well, it'll he, be. I felt like he was around. I mean, I, I think Zach what, Smith has been playing college football for 32 years, though. It's I mean, true. They just keep coming back for a sixth year. <laughs> I mean, and he, he will next year, too. He's <laughs> good enough to beat you if you're not, if you're just shit. If nothing else, it proved that Philip Montgomery is a terrific game manager. And <laughs> by by that, I say that was terrible. Yeah. He should have been. He, I, I think it was, uh, I can't remember who said it, but I saw it on Twitter and I, it was so true. Philip Montgomery might be the only coach that has ever come that close to beating a top 12 team on the road, but also being fired in the same game. He looks like a, I don't know. He kind of looks like a music. Somebody that got a free pass for Art Bryles? No, he looks oh. like he, <laughs> he looks like a music minister or something at like a Baptist church. Probably not necessarily the kind of guy that you want leading your program then. He's not an alpha, I guess is what I'm saying. It was an interesting game. It was it was frustrating as hell to watch because you wanted to watch some good football and it yeah. just wasn't. Oh, that I mean, the first half was that had to have been up there on more embarrassing halves of football ever played in Stillwater, America. If anything, it tells you that Tim Rattay can no longer pick quarterbacks in Stillwater because apparently he's the one that brought Bullock into the program. I don't he's even terrible. I I I truly don't even. Uh, I, I don't charge it against Ethan Bullock that he played that badly. He should have never been put in that spot. Yeah. Right, but that's what Kerry's saying. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Verte brought him to the program in the first place. Like, why? I mean, we've seen that Good before. for Ethan Bullock. All right, we wanted to uh, welcome in a new sponsor uh, to the Unofficial 40 podcast. We've been working, uh, talking with these guys for, uh, I think, over a year uh, they've worked with some other rival sites that have big podcasts, and they'd always wanted to be a part of our site. And recently, they kind of just uh, would take no for an answer. So 
Uh, it's the guys over at Dead Soxy, and I've known about them for a while. Uh, you guys know me. I Eddie uh, knows I'm a big watch guy. You guys, I've talked about it before. I've, I kind of like uh, you know having some nice things, and I've got a big sock drawer, and I bought socks for a long time. But these guys uh, really specialize in high-quality source fabric socks uh, that kind of help you take your sock game to the next level. I know, Eddie, uh, you just got a box sent to you from Dead Soxy. And you've been wearing them for the last couple of days, and and I I haven't heard you talk about clothing in this fashion before. I've never had socks like this. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not I'm not BSing about this. These are socks that, and I've started doing this thing where I just walk around downtown trying You're to lose walker, some lbs. Yeah. I'm a big walker these days. I even take pre workout, but uh, they are comfortable and they are awesome for the walking that I do and as well as uh, I think I'm going to be wearing them out to the golf course because they're cutoffs. I like the cutoff ones the best because you can't see them when you put on yeah. your golf shoes or when you wear your regular shoes. And uh, I've, I'm I'm a, I'm a now a huge fan of Dead Soxy. 30% off promo code exclusively for Soonerscoop.com listeners and listeners here on the U40. Just use the enter the keyword boomer at checkout and uh, you'll be set up. These things have been really comfortable and I found myself wearing them. I've been, I'm usually a flip-flop guy. I'm wearing shoes now just so I can wear the socks. Yeah, we didn't send Josh any socks because... Uh, we knew that he wouldn't he wear He wouldn't them. wear socks. I mean, he just wears flip-flops. That's all he ever wears. Uh, but like I said, they've got a patented no-slip silicon bead uh, in the welt to uh, prevent it, any kind of slippage that you get with a lot of socks. And I know, look, they're not super cheap. Uh, but this is a time where you need to kind of invest in yourself, put your best foot forward, uh, get yourself something nice, and, and maybe it'll get you out of the house a little bit more because we all need that. So head over to deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Use that promo code BOOMER, and you'll get 30% off some of the best dress socks that you've ever put on. And they also have the Crimson and Cream color waves. So uh, you can support your favorite college program. They're great socks for game day. Uh, they'll be very comfortable to, to, to walk around in. Uh, but that's right, uh, deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Enter Boomer uh, in your uh, checkout in the promo code, 30% off these uh, great, great socks and a great, great new sponsor for the Unofficial 40. Uh, and as always, everybody stay soxy. We've seen that before many times <laughs> where like a lower-level coach comes to a big program, and you've seen it in recruiting, like, and he just doesn't realize that he can't recruit those same type of players to play at that level. It, it happens all the time. And it's just one of those things where they're like, oh, no, this guy's better than I thought he was. No, it's it's you haven't seen you. You have never had the chance to recruit elite guys. So you don't even know what they look like anymore. Yeah, like, you've been so far away from that, that, it, you know, it's it's not like the argument I get into in Twitter all the time when the Oklahoma people are like, oh, they should recruit Oklahoma more and that stuff like, no, you don't know what the other side of the fence looks like. It's it's just different. and You don't get it. And that's OK. But we, you, you do. I mean, you get these codes. And I think some of it, too, Carrie, is relationship. Like, they get these relationships with these players, and I'm going to leave you. Oh, no, you could come. You know, like, it's it's just a different deal. And I, I, I get it. But at the same time, I, I like Shane Illingworth. I think he's interesting. Uh, no, he is. I mean, his arm is something. I, I mean, mm -hmm. now, he's screwed when they play better competition with his offensive line because – he is so slow. I was shocked at how slow he was when he would get outside the pocket. He's Brandon Whedon. 
I mean, like a, he's concrete just a statue feet. Back there. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is going to be interesting going into this week because I don't think those changes on the offensive line. I don't think all of a sudden they're going to just get better this week. No, and all of a sudden you got a West Virginia defensive line that is. I don't know. I mean, I, no, I the think, Sills brothers are yeah, pretty good. They're pretty damn good. Yeah. Like that's a yeah, good group. As long as they don't get kicked out of the game, they're pretty good. When are they? Are, are the Stills brothers, Pouncey brother, crazy? They're a little out there. Yeah. Really? I like that. Oh, uh, you need to get when, a set of twins. When Perkins and Redmond are <laughs> come on, out there, Isaac, they might be the two on. best defensive linemen in the league. Who's that? The Stills brothers, they might be one and two without if with Redmond and oh, Perkins. Not I see playing, what you're saying. Like they're, I mean they're very very good. They're both NFL guys. I mean Sanders, so. if he's not able, if he's able to play on Saturday and he's he can't move around, I don't know. It, that's a that's a fairly interesting game for a week that doesn't have a whole lot of interesting games. I guess the Big Twelve has some interesting games as far as. Like I think TCU and Iowa State's kind of an intriguing matchup. I guess more yeah. so because we don't know anything about TCU. We kind of think that Iowa State sucks, but I don't know. But that's my example. Like if Iowa State were to lose that game, do they just throw throw in the towel on the rest of the year, and then OU doesn't even get to play them because they just stop caring? Oh, I You're think they'll play next dude. week. They got fans coming to the game, Bob. They're going to fill up Jack Trice. <laughs> yeah, they haven't announced exactly how many fans. They are limiting 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 it to a thousand students, uh, and there will be no general admission. Which they're smart to do. They probably watched OU's first game. By the way, but the balls on OU basically coming out and telling the students that they'll take away their tickets if they don't shape up. It's laughable. It's almost as laughable as the uh, Norman mandated private you need to wear mask. private max like, like private uh, get the f- president's out of here. Hat, uh, mask that, that is ridiculous but that is that is That's, absolutely 100% targeted at all those people that were partying just right off oh the 100% campus. all right we'll just go to the backyard like that make it pretty simple for you that's so stupid and stupid ideas like that are why everybody but can't the, get I on mean, the same the same page you get on the in the same boat the thing is trying not to hide it and just being so brass that like brash that you know you can get away with it and yeah. it's going to be okay it's just like not wearing a mask in the stadium and grouping together it's like be smarter about it don't make it so easy to to basically screw you over i mean they're just it's kind of the college way of life they're though. flaunting it i mean yeah, just it's kind of the college way of life yeah, i was in right. college i mean I just that's more the that's more the Greek way of life, I think. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I just think it's stupid that they're doing. Come that. on. You wanted to say GDI. <laughs> uh, maybe. It might be a little bit of a GDI mindset in, in instilling something <laughs> like that by a mayor that's gone rogue. That's that's absolutely true. That it's more of a Greek problem. Than it is a student. Oh, one hundred percent. I bet. I would. I would say that's one hundred percent. But the good news is, I mean, they're what a month into uh, classes now. Basically, the entire Greek has been infected with, with COVID. Yeah. yeah, they have herd immunity. <laughs> if there's anybody that shouldn't have to wear a mask, it's probably the Greek system. But you know what? I'm sure there's plenty of people in that stadium that have had it and gotten over it. Sure. And they're wearing masks, so just play along. Which, by the way, congratulations to Pac-12. 
sounds like they're going to be announcing they're coming back today. But it sounds like uh, they won't be able to practice in Boulder. Right. That's what I was gonna say. That's They'll just like, play games. No, they can't. They can't practice because they have a uh, a gathering ban in Boulder right, right. now. Right. But you can't tell me that twenty people aren't sitting around hitting a six foot bong in Boulder this weekend. I think the football team can practice. Uh, I mean, Colorado is one of those states. Just move a little bit, and you'll go to a place that I mean. Like something tells me you can practice in Fort Collins. Like, I'm gonna bet they're okay. <laughs> Look, like, all the, just all, go to a different part of the state. All the super liberal towns in the West just need to realize, like, we're moving on, and you're gonna get left behind. No, they just need to say, look, these people are taking precautions that other people aren't taking, so we're gonna give them a pass. If you're going to be testing your athletes every day, which is what the Pac-12 is gonna do with their their rapid testing. I saw that's what uh, Alabama's doing, too. Yeah, I know. Alabama's doing Interesting. I don't get the the wrist contact tracing thing, though, because they're not not always going to be around people that have that system. Like in the NBA bubble, everybody is on that system. Doesn't that kind of encourage those guys not to go out, though? Oh, I guess it wouldn't, necessarily. I don't know. Yeah, because I can do whatever I want. These people aren't wearing these. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I think they... It, it's kind of like one of those things too though it's like we we're talking uh this morning about like it's been kind of surprising that major league baseball and the nfl have had such good success rates like i kind of figured there was going to be more and you have to wonder if it's because of in the year 2020 these guys go out anywhere it's going to be put on snapchat instagram mm-hmm. and it's almost like they are in a bubble because of stuff like that but the other thing is when you have 105 college players that aren't getting paid, this isn't their livelihood, you're going yeah, to have a, a certain segment for sure. that do knuckleheaded things. No doubt about it. It's it's 1,000% different for those guys on a college campus than it is for, you know, whoever playing for the NFL. I mean, the NFL the has done Major great, baseball. but they want to not get it. Yeah. People in college, there's just always going to be a small segment of your team that that doesn't follow the rules, whether it's, covid precautions whether it's going to class whether it's not you know doing drugs there throughout history there's always gonna i mean at ou it's been some horrible things shooting uzis i mean stealing from your coach selling cocaine there's all kinds of things that a small segment does on a college team that is against the rule that stuff they're not supposed to be doing UCO canceled their spring break today. That's September 24th. Okay. I think everybody's kind of starting to prepare to have their graduation in November and eliminating spring breaks. That's insane. <laughs> I support you, UCO students. I'll sign the waiver. Still go on spring break. They go pretty hard on spring break at UCO? I, I mean, I think every college goes pretty hard on spring break. Spring break is a rite of passage. All right, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on on the road. There's, you know, we've seen a lot of high school games getting canceled or postponed. I know, was it Edmond Memorial in Santa Fe got pushed to Monday this week? So strange. Which you guys were going to go to see uh, tomorrow night, Friday night? This means I'm going Monday. Okay. Um, But, Josh, I know that kind of screws with your plans a little bit. Let's kind of go over uh, what's going on this weekend and and, uh, maybe anything we haven't hit on. And the pod so far with recruiting. 
Yeah, this week is the first one I've had to go through a schedule change. I was originally going to go to the Denton Ryan uh, Arlington Martin game tonight, uh, Thursday night for anybody listening, however far down the road. Um, but what ended up happening was is because of the limited press box, they even upped their uh, the game is at AT and T Stadium, and it has been upped to um, Monday is the cutoff for getting your request in to be credentialed, all that sort of thing. I didn't know that. I got it in Tuesday, which I always thought was the norm and was wrong. So wasn't able to get to go to that one. But easy change. A lot of good Thursday night games this week. And I think that's one of the big advantages I'm starting to see around Texas is you're starting to see some schedules being moved to where there's almost weeks where there's teams going to be playing on Wednesday. Like I just saw a release. Uh, our, our buddy Matt Stepp had put out something where there is a district in Texas that is already lining up like makeup games on Wednesday, and then they're basically working out a week at the end of the regular season that is COVID makeup games. So th- there's a lot of, and that's great for me because it's just more opportunities to go see games. And rather than the one or two I can usually see a week, I can really get out and make some uh, make some headway with uh, with some of the guys we need to see. But this Thursday tonight, I'm going to go see Clayton Smith play against what is formerly John Tyler, which is now just Tyler High School, uh, at Rose Stadium there in Tyler. So I get to go watch him. The last time I saw him, he was going against Seth McGowan, and McGowan had a huge night. Clayton Smith at that point was, uh, you know, for everybody was a kind of a national top 100 guy, and I walked away thinking that from that game, not sure if he was a four-star player. And watching his junior tape, I, I was right back in the, oh, he's a 100 guy. But I really want to see him dominate tonight because when I saw him in person, he didn't do a lot. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. He didn't have a great game. I was unsure if he was a guy OU would continue to pursue based on what I saw. From what I gather, he had a bad night. So we'll see tonight if maybe that was just an off night, get some video, get some pictures, hopefully catch up with him afterward. So this this will be a lot to kind of tell me, how how good this guy is at Oklahoma's landed and really one of their biggest uh, commitments, especially on the defensive side of the ball. As far as uh, your trip to Florida, Josh, uh, you were able to see Mario Williams. You were able to see Danny Stutzman. Uh, I, I guess we'll start with the five-star Mario Williams. He kind of put on a show, and I, I know that there's a lot of people that don't like it, and I don't think this is necessarily olds, but I was a big fan of the uniforms. Oh, I, I love the uniforms. Now, I agree with the sentiment that you can't pull off that coral orange almost anywhere unless you are in a coastal state. Oh, 100%. You can't be, you can't be in Kansas wearing coral orange. That doesn't work. That's not okay. But they it fit. It was good. I, I, I liked the whole setup, uh, that, the teal, the, uh, the orange. Like it, it worked. But, yeah, seeing Mario in person, I mean, it's kind of one of those Dennis Green moments. Like he is who we thought he was. Like he is a explosive receiver. He's a little, little stockier, a little more powerful than I expected him to be. Um, but the thing, and I talked about it in our breakdown afterward. Um, the thing that really caught my attention was he is a guy that is willing to be the complete receiver. This isn't the five star diva. That if he doesn't catch the ball, he's not engaged. If he's not, you know, if they're not throwing the ball 40 times a game, he's pissed off. He was, you know, he would be on the left hash and see a play breaking to the right outside, and he would sprint 
to get in front of his running back to try and set up a block downfield. Like this is a guy that that buys in, he gets it, he's you know into his teammate scoring touchdowns. This is not the typical, like I said, kind of receiver that a lot of people have an image of that's into his own needs and he wants the ball a certain amount of times. And I, I don't think that's how Mario thinks. You know, like he was, they they ended up losing the game. He was a little down afterward. We didn't catch up because of it. Um, it was. Uh, like I said, I was just very interested to see his demeanor as much as anything, and I think this is a guy that you can understand why he's going to Oklahoma. He kind of buys into what that program you know, aspires to be, I guess you'd say. And then you want to talk about Stutzman from Friday? Yeah, sure. With Stutzman, we didn't know what we we didn't know what he was. I mean, he was a guy that as a junior was playing at 185, 190 pounds. Very athletic. You could tell he was a talented guy. But, you know, when I talked to Danny back when he got offered, when he committed kind of through the summer, he was a guy that, you know, was telling me I'm getting a lot bigger. My my strength numbers are going up. And you kind of wonder, well, is that going to cost him anything? Is that going to translate okay? He looked great. I mean, I, I, I said it, um, like I said, again on the board, I see him as a four-star guy, definitely. I think he could get in the Rivals 250 conversation. He is... 6'3", 210, 215, and was running down players all over the field. Again, kind of like what I was saying with Mario getting in front of blocks, Stutzman was on the opposite side of the line, and a play would break to the in the other direction, and he's making the tackle on the sideline to the opposite side of himself. So he, he really showed me a lot um, as a runner. You know, I, I like that he showed some athleticism. They want to get in the ball. Clearly, he's a good athlete on a on a good team. They still feel like he's good enough to use him in certain ways. Kind of ran some um, some veer stuff with him uh, as a kind of – you could call it an option quarterback, but there's no option. He's keeping the ball. And uh, like I said, just a, a very complete linebacker. You can see why Brian Odom and Alex Grinch and the whole defensive staff is excited about him. He may be the only linebacker they take in this class. And I thought that was a little bit of a risk, but seeing him live – I. It's less of one. I like I said, I like Danny a lot. I think that's a another good evaluation. Kind of fits in with, you know. I think we all know my love affair with Shane Witter last year. So I I don't know that I'm quite there with Stutzman, but I think he's a very good player and and a good get for Oklahoma. We got some really good video of what you were just talking about, uh, or you got the video and we put it up as far as him running basically from one side of the field to the other and. Like, that's the kind of shit, though, Josh, that, like, when we go see kids on Friday night or Thursday night or whenever in high school, it's like, that's the stuff that you love to see because it's it, it makes it easy as far as that's the guy that, you know, it, it is kind of what you said as far as Mario Williams and that, like, that's why we came. That's why Oklahoma's recruiting him. That's what you want to see, and especially out of a guy that is going to be on a defensive side of the ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's one of those things where, too, and it, it's one of the reasons we love to go to games is highlights are easy. Yeah, a lot of very decent players can put great highlights together. But when you go to a game, and I mean just snap after snap, Danny Stutzman was making an impact on the game. He was affecting the way the offense was playing. Now, anybody watching that video knows those are not a bunch of Division One players he was going against. I get it. That's fine. But 
like I always say, he was dominating accordingly. He was taking over that game, and whether it was on offense, whether it was on defense, they actually let him take a breath on special teams. But just by and large, he was the focal point of that game. If you followed him, you were going to be near the ball. And like I said, I, I, I came away, I was really intrigued. I thought he had some skills that I was a fan of. But watching him in person and knowing that he still has so much room to continue to fill out, I mean, he's 210, 215, but with his frame, he'll carry 235 without a problem, and I don't think it'll hurt him at all. Like, I think he just is that stretched out out to be a guy that can make an impact at that size. That crosses off last week and cross off tonight. Looking at tomorrow, we had this circled for so long. Gentry Williams versus Jordan Mukes, of course, with Williams being out. But it will be your first chance to really see Mukes in person. What are you going to be watching the most in terms of what he brings to the table? Well, and actually on the on the front page of the site, literally as we've been recording this, uh, my first kind of video breakdown of the year when I go week by week and kind of watch some of the OU commitments that stand out on their huddle tape, uh, he popped up this week. I went over his game uh, last week in Arkansas. And I want to watch more of what I saw. I saw a kid, he dropped an interception, but at the same time when I'm watching him do it as a safety, I'm watching him read that quarterback's eyes and he steps right into the passing lane. I mean, it was everything other than the catch is exactly what you want him to do. And with Oklahoma talking more and more about maybe being just a pure safety rather than the nickel that I'd heard some conversation about, I, I think that's a good sign. You're seeing him starting to develop the mental side of the game and not just being a six foot four super athletic guy that just kind of happens to make plays when they're around him. He's starting to get in the way and make plays that he you know that aren't just based on athleticism. They're based on intelligence and him understanding what's going on. And as a guy that hasn't played a lot of football, it's understandable that this has taken some time to develop. I also saw him in the run game. He's taken nice angles. He really did a nice job stretching out some run plays to allow both himself and his teammates to get to the ball. So I'm seeing some development from him mentally, and I want to watch it in person and see how he comes along. But he feels like a guy that once it all comes together, big plays are just going to follow him around. With his length, with his size, his speed, he should make a lot of plays for that Choctaw defense. And I'm really interested to see how he handles it against a Booker T team that we know has a bunch of good athletes. Even without Gentry, we know that they can challenge him, and how is he going to respond when he has to think that you know, that half a click faster than he has against the three teams he's faced so far? Now, are we on a, uh, are we on a uh, Kamar Wheaton watch right now? Kind of. I, I guess no. Kamar Wheaton <laughs> feels like the guy we've never come off alert about. Like, we're always ready for him. Yeah. It just, it, it's going to happen when it happens. I've I've talked to several people, both at the high school level, some college contacts. Like, everybody thinks it could happen at any point, but no one knows when it's going to happen. And that's, that's where it gets tough. Um, he had told some people, including our buddy uh, Jason Kersey, that he was going to announce or wanted to announce before the start of his season. Well, it's kind of how you want to look at that because he actually start, he has a big scrimmage tonight against Arlington Bowie, who has uh, Oklahoma uh, 2022 big-time offensive line offer Devin Campbell. 
So that was another option that I considered doing as well. But with a scrimmage, I don't expect Kamara to play a lot. Yeah. So I, that ended up not being the choice. But his actual season starts next week. So if you're looking at it along those guidelines, if he still has that plan in his head, then he's got a week from tomorrow, uh, from Friday. October the 2nd is when his season kicks off. So it, it's just it's kind of a question of there's been several deadlines where you thought Kamara was going to go now, it was going to happen this time, and it didn't. So do I want to say I ultimately trust him that he's going to finish it by October the 2nd? No. No, I don't. <laughs> but is there reason to think that it could happen? Probably more than any other point. We have a timeline mm. that he is quoted as saying, mm. I would like to do Seems it by like this you're point. playing both sides of the fence there, Josh. A little bit. It's it's one he yeah. is one of those guys I have been very upfront. There it is reading tea leaves. There are no hard incontrovertible facts with Kamar Wheaton. They do not exist. It's kind of fun though. I mean there's there's not much of that out there anymore, is there? Like it's, everybody lives their life such in a public manner, I almost kind of respect. Yeah, the like shit you out know, he's not he's not setting up edits with people or yep. videos. Um, I kind of respect it. Like if he wants to lose is, the this cell is phone, fifteen years ago, yeah, this is exactly. what we did fifteen years ago. We had to chase this crap. It wasn't like I know where he's going at what time he's doing it. Like th- this is, we're well, all just kind of waiting. Well, a sixth grade coach's sister's husband. His cousins, yep. dog walkers, said. Oh, th- th- you know what's going to happen? This is the moment when you're going to have the board poster that becomes a legend. It's going to happen because there's going to be somebody on the board who knows somebody that knows somebody and is going to be like, today, today's the day. Kamar, watch. And everybody's going to be like, I don't know if I can trust you because it's some guy that's got seven posts in his whole career. This is what used to happen all the time, and now yeah, yeah. everybody's going to get a little taste of that. I, I bet you money this is what you see play out. Was it was it fellow yeah, Josh, we, was it fellow that was like friends with Jamarcus McFarland's mom, or like she worked for him, or who was that? That Philo, yeah, it was his. Oh no! It the deal was Jamarcus's. I think Jamarcus's dentist was Gene's son. Or something like that, like uh, uh, Gene. Gene being Philo, um, there was. Uh, Rest in peace. I, I want to say that's what it was. Yeah, obviously, just a, uh, again one of the legends of the board. Um, but yeah, I, I that's the connection. I think I remember that's what it was. But there was like, but they had developed a friendship with the family. Like it wasn't just like oh he stops in and checks in at the dentist every six months. Like they knew the family. Like they and and I. Philo told me for months, Josh, oh, he's got a shot here. Oh, he's got a shot here. I'm like, they don't, man. He's got, he's not coming to Oklahoma. He's not. I was sure of it. And then on, that was Christmas Day, if I remember right, um, he, he announces his decision. Or maybe it was Christmas Eve. It was one or the other. And I, I remember be, I'm at my family's house. I'm like, well, I'm busy for the next two hours. I'll see you guys in a bit. Like, I just had to leave. I went home and started working. So that was... Uh, that was a little bit of a shockwave by our old buddy Thayer Evans, esteemed journalist. Yeah, esteemed Evans. journalist. I think he's esteemed PR now. Mm. Every once in a while, you got to make the switch. Maybe oh, Dan will. That's what he was it. doing anyway. <laughs> so you, we don't know about Wheaton, but we do know September 27th has been circled for a long time. Tuna's about to get another four-star receiver. 
Yeah, uh, Jalil Farouk, um, you know, obviously was at the summit, close friends with Caleb Williams. This is a guy, you know, kind of the opposite of what we're talking about with Kamar. There has been a long-standing feeling that Oklahoma was going to be very, very tough to beat in this recruitment, and I've heard nothing that changes my opinion of that. I know Maryland has really tried to sell the in-state guys, and we're going to stay together, and if everybody in Maryland, you kind of like what Miami did in the 80s. Like, if everybody in Maryland would just stay in this area, Maryland would compete for national titles and those kind of things, and Mike Loxley is an outstanding recruiter, uh, the head coach there at Maryland, but... I just don't think it's enough. I, I, I think Oklahoma's track record at receiver, as I mentioned, the relationship with Caleb Williams, there's just a lot of connection there. And I know some OU fans have kind of, you know, where does he fit into the plans? Oklahoma likes Jalil Farouk. This is a guy that they think can help, and I think watching his tape and kind of going over it in the last week or so, this is a guy that brings a lot of versatility. He can do a lot of different things. You can play him in the slot. You can put him out wide. Uh he is a guy that I don't think I have him with the same skill set, but the way he can operate is kind of similar to Sterling Shepard, who really, I think, excel was probably OU's best receiver at playing everywhere. He could do any any role, anything you needed him to do, and he could do it well. And that's kind of what I see with Farouk, is just a guy that has a little bit of everything in his game. All right, um... Anything else on recruiting you guys want to hit on before we get out? Only basketball uh, recruiting for Jason Kersey, if he's still listening. Oh, he'll be listening because he'll look at the uh, the rundown. What can you tell us about C.J. Nolan, Bob? Yeah, this this was a nice one. You know, when he was offered a couple months ago, he was just a three-star. And if you think there's backlash on football three-star offers, basketball is just a lot worse because that's everyone saying – Lon doesn't go after the best. OU doesn't even want the best. But they had a feeling that he was really going to turn things around or that he had already turned things around, just about everyone else sort of catching up to him. And although the summer circuit was entirely abbreviated, only about three, four weeks, CJ played really well. And when that ranking boost came out last week of him being number 115, now a four-star, I think some of that uh, – you know, those doubts that some fans had had kind of went away. And this is, this is a really nice win by Pooh Williamson and Carlin Hartman because he's got all the ties in the world to Kansas State. His parents went there. I mean, his dad, his avatar photo on Twitter is, is a basketball with the Power Cat logo. I mean, they had to overcome a huge deficit to begin with, but they were able to do it. And, I mean, this Essentially closes the door on Trey Alexander, even though he has OU in the top seven. But they weren't looking to play the waiting game with, with Trey, and they knew CJ wanted to announce during this month. And you know, he's just a, sort of a different breed, 6'3", 215. You, know, you don't see that anymore. You see a lot of you know long, skinny-type players that start developing once they get to college. But he, he looks like a linebacker that really knows how to play basketball. But, I mean, you, you got – Josh O'Garo for 2020 is a late ad, and now you got CJ. So they're set with the combo guard spot. Now it'll be up to B. John Cortez and CJ go all in in recruiting Damian Collins. And we all know that's the end goal of what's left for 2021, and those guys know him really well. CJ knows that's part of why he's being brought to OU is to try to get Collins, and that OU versus Kentucky race 
kind of been quiet here lately, but we'll see. He's one of those, you know, this one thing I forgot to ask Josh, with the virtual recruiting going through the rest of the calendar year, you got to figure there's some that have helped though, the helps the Sooners and somewhere it hurts. When you talk basketball, that's got to help with Damian Collins. If they can get him to sign during the November period, then you've got the OU staff doing all they could. You've got Clayton Smith, the football commit, who's really good friends with Collins, trying to push that. You've got CJ. You've got Bijan. Just the all-out full-court press. And if they can get him to sign during November, you've got to think the Sooners are easily the pick at this point. Okay, so uh, I wanted to hit on this real quick before we get out of here. OU Kansas State coming up this weekend. A uh, lot of guys out last week or last two weeks ago with uh, you know coronavirus or contact tracing. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's some guys that stand out that we didn't see that we're going to get a chance to see. Anton Harrison, uh, you know, Braden Willis. I remember you know put out a tweet this week about how he's back. Uh, T.J. Pledger, I think, did the same. But just kind of going around, let's go around the table. Josh, we'll start with you. And who didn't you see in week one that you're really looking forward to seeing? And maybe somebody you've even seen before, but you want to see how much kind of growth they've made. Well, you know, it, it would be wrong for me to pretend that Anton Harrison isn't where my eyes will be. I, I really want to see what he is. And I, if we get to see Stacey Wilkins, I, I, I think we all know I've been a – huge Stacey Wilkins guy for a long time. Like, I want to see if that's starting to come together for him, which, you know, in, in the interview that everybody got so excited about with Bill Biedenboe, that was the, the one that caught my ear. Is, uh, we moved into left tackle, and it seemed like the light just came on. You know, like everything just started to slow down and make sense. So I, I'm eager to see him there. Um, as far as maybe a guy I want to watch a little more closely – I think Josh Ellison is that guy for me. I think we all talked about Perrion Winfrey, and we were rightfully excited about some of the skills he brings. But to me, if this defensive line is going to survive some of the losses they've had to suffer these first few weeks with Redmond and Perkins and all those things, Ellison's a guy they need to step up. That He needs to be maybe not a superstar, but he needs to be a guy that can be a quality player for them. And I want to watch him a little bit closer and see where he's at. Uh, Josh, just going to name the whole roster. Bob, uh, is there someone that you'd like to see? <laughs> uh, I guess one of my themes for this week has been depth in the secondary, so I want to see Bryson Washington. I don't know if the game will reach that point or if there's a comfort level from Alex Grinch that he can put Washington out there, even if the score doesn't dictate that it's a blowout. But, you know, you hear Pat Fields talk about him. We've I, I've asked about Washington to Trey Brown. Everyone is so high about this kid. I want to see what he looks like in pads compared to the rest of the secondary that's already on campus because you just get a feeling that like the 2020 group should be like ahead of the curve. Like all the guys that are on campus are actually trying to get up to like the height and weight of the guys who are who are just stepping in now. And it's Bryson Washington really like the prototype of what we should be looking for at the safety spot in Norman for the next years to come. Give me Drake Stoops. Yeah, that's a good for one. five touchdowns. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be badass, though, wouldn't hey, it? I will say, let me say this about the safeties. The 11. Let me say this about the safeties real quick. Yeah, and completely f***ed Finn Corwin last week. We apologize. 
to our Scots that listen, I will do you much better. I will I will go to Burger House just because of Josh next time I'm in Dallas. Uh, let me say this real quick before Eddie officially gives his guy. I think he already has, but uh, you know, the safety play. We have major Oklahoma breaking news. Ooh, let's go. You want it? Yes. Cade Davis is returning home to become a graduate assistant for the OU basketball program. All right, motherfucker. I mean, you know. (laughs) That's big news. Yeah, but you know what I thought was coming. Yes. I don't appreciate that. Uh, Okay, well, I like Cade Davis. I got nothing against Cade Davis. Elk City's own, I believe. The pride of Elk City. Yeah. Kate Davis is a badass. Great hair. Uh, I mean, this, Bob, you back me up on this, but Austin Reeves, he now averages 40 points a game. Just with Kate Davis in the same <laughs> arena. <laughs> that's that's a bold prediction. Kate guiding him. What major news. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's cool. I'm happy for Kate. That's, that's really good. Uh, okay, one thing I wanted to say, you know, Bob, you brought up, Bryson Washington safeties. I will say this about first week, regardless of competition. It's been a while since I've seen more than one play. Josh, maybe you can comment on this doing the breakdown and everything. It's been a while since I've seen safeties flying to the football over the top, ready to intercept a pass. Woody Washington did it once, and then uh, Delarian Turner Yell did intercept a pass. But you saw safeties getting there almost causing really awkward collisions because they were on top of it. It's been a while since I've seen that in the OU secondary. Oh, I, th- I think that's abundantly. I think that's fair. And I thought even Pat Fields had a few moments where he looked good coming up out of the secondary. So, I mean, the safety position, it's not, I, I, I mean, especially amongst the upperclassmen, it's not as talented as you might want it to be, but, there are you can see a comfort in what the guys are doing. They trust what they're supposed to be, you know, supposed to be doing, where they're supposed to be at. And I, you know, there's been some talk of Woody Washington moving around. I stuff like that. I I can't help but feel like that's a COVID response. They're trying to make sure guys can play all the various positions they need to. But yeah, I thought I, I talked about it. I thought Woody had a great game. Um, and I I that secondary has a chance to be considerably improved from last year, even with the loss of Parnell Motley, because I think it's just better as a group. All right, Eddie, I'll let you officially give your player you're most looking forward to see. I mean, I definitely want to see Drake play, but I would say probably Braden Willis and how they incorporate him back into the offense. Yeah, Because I do think that him and Austin Stogner are two guys that uh, are going to be vital They'll play vital roles in this offense, and especially once you get into the end of the season and you start playing bigger, uh, better teams, how they use the H-back, how they use that position, uh, you know, kind of almost as an outlet, and especially without a what I would consider a number one right now at the wide receiver position, uh, I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, footballs caught between uh, that in, in that Shane Beamer room, and it's kind of interesting to see how they fit them all in there. I mean... Are they going to play four four uh, H-backs? Because I thought Mikey Anderson looked pretty damn good yeah, no kidding. with the ball in his hands uh, two weeks ago against Missouri State. So That's the one thing where the, the eligibility thing really helps you out. Sure. No doubt. And I guess, and I mean, is it... I get, Yes, I'll preface it with saying this is a stupid question, but, I mean, if Burkich comes back and he misses a couple kicks, it feels like 
Steven Johnson's not a bad number two back there. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, I would say I I want to see Obi Obialo, obviously, because we didn't get to see him first time. Sure. Uh, Definitely. But I'll give you one that we really haven't talked about, either with the coaches or amongst ourselves, because we talked so much about Ronnie Perkins not being out, you know, or not being able to play. Isaiah Thomas has gotten a lot of run. Guys, one guy that we kind of almost ignore is Marcus Stripling, who is the guy that really one. flashed last year at, at, at times. But I think he could be one of those guys, you know. He was talk, part of the COVID group a week ago. Yeah, we talked to Alex Grinch about, you know, people needing to step up uh, until Ronnie Perkins come back comes back. I think Marcus Stripling might be the highest ceiling guy that they have on that defensive line that could really fill that gap not having Ronnie Perkins. So I want to see what kind of progress he's making. He's not, he's kind of a guy that hasn't even really been brought up with the with the coach. Like the coaches haven't even mentioned his name, have they? And I know that we haven't talked to I, Tibbs I in Grinch has what seems once, like a month and a half, yeah. but we'll talk to him again in 2021. We haven't talked to Jamar Kane at all, which he would probably be more the guy to talk sure. about him. We'll, yep. we'll talk to him in 2021. It'd be good to see him. <laughs> Maybe at the bowl game in two years. I know, and they took like media day at the playoff games too, so we don't even get that option. I know that's way down the road. But. Maybe by then the NIL stuff will have passed, and uh, players can, will just hold we'll their just, own. Well, we'll media just pay him. We'll just pay him to. We'll give him a scoop sponsorship to come do an interview. Might you know what's kind of crazy, and I don't know if you guys have thought the same thing, but just listening to all the Zoom sessions with these guys, they have some guys that can really hold good press conferences. Is that a strange thing to say? No. Like, they no. have some very yeah. intelligent talkers on the team, I guess would be the best way to say it. Theo Howard was really good the other very day. Good. Um, very good. Very quotable. You know who was surprisingly good was... Um, it was yesterday. Why am I blanking? Jane Davis. Jaden Davis. Jane Davis That's was who I'm thinking excellent. of. Yeah. He was very excellent. good. You, and sometimes I wonder if, like, is this a product of doing the Zooms? Like... With everybody not bearing down on him, it's more it of a relaxed. Be, yeah. It might be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but I I thought the Zoom stuff has gone. I guess better than I thought it would, just as a whole, as far as guys giving good answers. Yeah. Yeah. There's 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 two things with Zoom. One, I, I've talked about with you guys before. We don't get that lighthearted. You get to know them. Sure. Like you really you're you're pressed for time. You're like I gotta know this. I gotta find this out. That was the goal of the call. So you don't have those those moments of laughter, the back and forth, and then two, you nothing exclusive. You don't there's there's no walk off. There's nothing that you picked up when the rest of the gang went to some other player. So it's it's different in that regard. But yeah, the zooms have have been pretty fun so far. All right, um, Kansas State coming up this weekend. We think we hope. I was at like ten percent on Tuesday. I'm up to 45% by today. And if we make it through 6 p.m. tonight without hearing anything, I think I'll be at like 55, 60%. Yeah. 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 I I feel pretty confident about it. Someone at Kansas State didn't want to play. If they get a positive test Friday, it's because sometime during this week they decided they did not care. And what would be the latest? Like I know that uh, I think it, I think I think if it like goes Friday, off the rails 1:30. today and they get yep. I mean like 
they announce it. Like they, I think they come out and say, "Look, we're going to postpone." Because I mean, you don't want people traveling in unnecessarily, Not sure, and things like that. I mean, you've got to be I mean, mindful of Baylor the fans. and Houston waited until the last second, but as it turns Those out, that real. was Baylor kind of screwing everybody over, anyways. Yeah. And since it was at Baylor, I guess they felt like they could screw people over. And my uh, brother is one of those. He's a Kansas State grad. He's planning on coming down. I keep telling him I'll give you the go-ahead Friday afternoon. Here we are again, once again. In- I'm telling you, the, my greatest idea of, uh, as of late has been a mimosa screwdriver bloody mary bar and everybody just waits around on friday morning and drinks until we find out if there's going to be a game i guess you'd have to do it with masks on wink wink but it'll be the same thing like two weeks ago where you know eddie as soon as you got the word then oh you put out that tweet about it you know it's game time you know there'll be some sort of acknowledgement from ou social media that lets you know for sure is good for sure all right, gang. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, another big weekend coming up. Uh, expect a lot of coverage uh, from us here at Sooner Scoop, as always. Uh, the gang will be there in force to uh, cover it all. And uh, looking forward to another weekend of football and uh, another weekend of recruiting, scouting, and all that stuff. So uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks to our new sponsor, Dead Soxy, as well. Uh, it's been a long time coming, but uh, finally hooked up with them. And uh, we'll continue to tell you more about them as we go along throughout the season. And uh, thanks to you guys, Josh, Eddie, Bob. I'm Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you guys back here again next week on another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.